sure we've all met that person that something crappy has happened to them and they never let it go. They are still upset, they're still mad, they're still bitter, they're still angry. Their confidence is gone or they're so paranoid about the future. They've let their insecurities, their fears, and their worries completely take over. If you've gone through some hard times, you know it's a decision to actually move on and it's not an easy one. You have to at some point not be the victim. When you're the victim for too long, that's where you stay stuck and that's where nothing actually changes for you because you're always at the mercy of someone else changing or something changing in order for you to feel better. I'm going to tell you, some people will struggle forever with their demons until they actually face them. I know you don't want to feel this way. I know you want to move on. And if for nothing else to prove that person, but also prove to yourself that you can actually do it because you want to and because you're capable. I urge you to click the link below and schedule your first session with me. There are packages you can purchase that include my online courses so you have the ability to do the work yourself in between sessions with me. It'll give you the daily motivation or support or guidance or education that you need to really get through the tough times in life that sometimes we just have to go through. Don't waste another day. You deserve happiness, so make the investment today. Hey, you guys, welcome to Heal, Survive, and Thrive. Excited that you're back for another episode. This week, we're going to dive into female narcissism. We're going to do a deep dive into this, and we're going to talk about some of the common traits. We're going to talk about the tactics that they use in romantic relationships, platonic relationships. How can you really know that this person has MPD, or do they just have narcissistic tendencies? I feel like just the word narcissism is such a pop culture word. It's honestly, I feel like it's everywhere. And I really feel like people sometimes even will just diagnose everyone with narcissism, where of course we can all have tendencies, we can all have traits from time to time, but full-on MPD narcissistic personality disorder is something completely different. So let's dive into this. So I know you guys have heard the term before, but let's explore it a little deeper and let's focus more specifically on the female side of things. Like I said, narcissism is all about that inflated sense of self-importance, that constant need for admiration, that constant need for attention, and huge lack of empathy for other people. It's a trait that can affect, of course, both men and women, but they often exhibit it in different ways. So it's not about just focusing on women this week and not talking about men. Both men and women can be narcissists. We know this, but the way that they exude their narcissistic traits, it's it's different. And who they're around is going to get a different version of that narcissism. So let's get into the nitty gritty of female narcissism and understand what makes it so distinct. And there's Annie, if you heard her in the background, my little dog. First things first, female narcissists share some core traits with male narcissists. So let's do the basic rundown of the essential traits. And they're often associated with female narcissism, but of course, a male can have them as well. One of them is going to be empathy deficiency. So they're not really going to have any empathy. It's probably one of the fundamental traits that all narcissists will exhibit is their inability to empathize with other people. It's like they struggle to step into someone else's shoes and genuinely understand their feelings or their experiences. And that right there, you're taught to do. 
You are either taught to have empathy or you're not. And so that is really a skill that you learn. You learn how to understand someone else's point of view. You learn how to sit there and listen to other people's feelings and experiences and not feel like you're entitled to just worry about yours. You know, you're, you learn how to not just share, but physically share toys and things like that, but you're sharing in the vulnerability of listening to someone else and how that makes you feel. So when children aren't taught those things, they're going to grow up lacking empathy. They're going to grow up being a little bit more selfish and self-absorbed. So why didn't they learn this? So if there's multiple children in the household, they probably didn't learn it because they were the golden child. Maybe the narcissistic parent favored that child and maybe the other parent was codependent and didn't even realize what was happening. Maybe both parents were narcissistic and they just enabled the bad behavior. And again, it just wasn't something that was forced onto the child to really learn because they were seeing that the child wasn't getting it, wasn't learning empathy. If you've ever, if you're a parent or if you were a parent to younger children at some point in time, you'll know that there was probably one child that was struggling with something. And if you saw that, but you didn't kind of stop and pause to make that a priority that they learn it, then they're never going to learn it. And that goes true for anything in school or it goes true for real emotional skills that they needed to have in order to just be a healthy human being in society. Female narcissists often carry this kind of grandioso view of themselves. They might believe that they're exceptionally unique. They might believe that they're deserving of special treatment and that the world should just revolve around them. They definitely crave people giving them attention and validation and admiration. And I think this is where it can be hard for you sometimes to spot this person because if you're codependent, a person that needs attention, needs validation, needs admiration, that's something that you're just going to want to give and you're going to want to give it because you're going to want this person to believe that you're a great person or think that you're absolutely amazing or maybe it's just your nature to just be a kind-hearted person but you're kind of showing this person your gifts and maybe they even haven't even earned the right to see those gifts or have those gifts. So the female narcissist is no different than the male narcissist in this way because they're going to constantly seek this supply from those around them. Of course, we call it narcissistic supply because it's something that they need in order to feel good. Things like attention and validation and admiration even if you were kind of codependent or not really that healthy yourself, you can still cultivate a little bit of that. You're, you're cultivating some of it. When you have a personality disorder, it's very hard, if almost impossible, to cultivate those things on your own. You really need everyone around you from little babies to kids to teenagers to friends to family, coworkers. You need a lot of people making you feel like you're amazing. And if I'm not getting that feeling from you, I'm going to get it from somewhere else. So if I'm not getting it from you, maybe I'm getting validation at work. Maybe I'm getting admiration 
by me volunteering and everyone thinking that I'm the best dad or the best mom ever or coaching the football team or whatever. I'm doing something that's making me feel as though everyone's looking at me and and giving me what it is that I, I really need. Very rarely will you see someone who's narcissistic in therapy. And if you do, you will, no change is really ever going to take place. This is where, and I'm not saying the people that have been in therapy for 10 years and have, haven't have learned much of anything are narcissists, but any narcissist that even attempts therapy might actually, I think a borderline is probably more apt to go to therapy because the validation that they're going to get is just going to feel amazing. Whereas a narcissist will probably never really go to therapy. They probably don't believe in it. And if they do go, it's usually because they want to get something out of either their friend, their family member, or their partner. They're hoping that this will just be enough to appease you and eventually you move on and get over it. You'll see that they're, you know, doing the work and really there's actually no work being done at all and nothing's really changing. And if you keep wishing that something's going to change and you keep holding on, then they'll play that game with you for like a little while. But at a certain point, the the relationship is going to fizzle. It doesn't matter if it's a romantic one or a friendship. It's just going to fiddle because fizzle because they're not going to be able to actually change fundamentally. And you're going to see that. And so this is where people, of course, will go to, well, are they going to change for the next person? Or they, you know, seem like they're so much happier here and blah, blah, blah. And look, no one with a personality disorder is going to be capable of changing core fundamental things about themselves. There is so many wounds that are there that you would have to dive into so much accountability and take responsibility for yourself. No blaming, no denying, no suppressing. That is hard to do. I mean, you guys are watching the videos like on social media or or on YouTube or even listening to the podcast. Like people that are doing self-development work are in pain in the beginning. It is very difficult to go through this process. I mean, you know, the dark night of the soul is, if you've ever heard that phrase, it's kind of when you go through that awakening and it is really painful. You can get depressed going through it because you are really cracking that shell open and becoming a totally different person. And guess what? That's not something that's always enjoyable to go through. So someone who is not, this person is not going to voluntarily do this stuff So they're never changing. They're just finding different people in their lives that will give them what they need at that moment. But even that new person, whether it's, you know, a coworker or a new partner or whatever it is, even that new person is never going to be able to give them everything that they need and the relationship will suffer at some point. Now, when it comes to romantic people, you could be with the same person forever and ever. That doesn't mean that it's a quality relationship. It could be very abusive, very toxic, very unhealthy, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But you know if this person is with someone who's selfish, self-sportistic, list goes on, insecure, you know, list goes on and on. Uh, it's not, not going to be a healthy relationship, I can tell you that right now. This person, this female, you know, her real secret weapon is definitely manipulation. I think both the male and the female obviously are masters of manipulation and and 
the gaslighting and all those other kind of tactics to really gain the upper hand on a person and maintain control in relationships. That's really what manipulation and gaslighting does is it maintains that I have the power over you to control you, to change you, to make you do something that maybe you wouldn't normally do, to disregard your thoughts, your feelings, your opinions, and just focus on me and what I need and what I think. And again, if you're dealing with a codependent, then this is great. Then the relationship will just work out smoothly, at least for the narcissist. But this is really their angle that, or their tactic that they're going to really throw at you. Now, Beneath that kind of confident facade, you'd be so surprised to find that someone who, a female narcissist who really struggles with this um, and sometimes even makes it just blatantly obvious that they definitely have a personality disorder, much like the, the male, they have very, very fragile egos. They're deeply insecure. They deeply lack this ability to feel good about themselves because they can't cultivate it on their own. And and that insecurity lurks behind this personality. And the personality could be, I'm the best person in the office. I'm the one that always volunteers. I'm so talkative. I'm so charming. I can just carry myself in such a way that I just seem so confident and like I have my stuff together. And they use this persona to cover up those insecurities. Now, the problem is, is that the average person who is friends with her can't always see that because you're having a surface level relationship. And so unless you go deep with this person or try to get deep with this person, you're never going to see the rawness, the flaws, you're not going to see them be vulnerable in these ways. I want to take a moment and talk about our sponsor, the All Things Testosterone podcast. This podcast walks through TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. It will give you tips and research studies to support both men and women that are facing hormone deficiency and ultimately help them find trustworthy treatment. The host of this podcast is Brandon Church, who talks about everything testosterone related. His testosterone levels played a pivotal role in his recovery from anxiety, which most people don't know that the two are linked. Once he hit the age of 30, he noticed a lot of changes. He was constantly fatigued, lacked motivation, and became anxious, especially in social situations. Upon starting TRT, all of these symptoms drastically improved. So whether you're looking for TRT information, advice, or just need help, help finding a really competent doctor. The All Things Testosterone podcast has you covered. They even have a find a doctor tool to help connect you with a competent and reliable doctor. So go ahead and visit www.testosterone1podcast.com today. Now, when it comes to romantic relationships, the female narcissist has kind of like their own bag of tricks, just like guys do. But I want to take a closer look at some of these tactics that they actually use. The first thing is a female really, really enjoys, again, kind of like the male, but it's just done in a totally different way, is they want to sweep you off your feet. They want to make you feel like you are the best thing in the world. 
Like they can't even believe that they came across you, that you're their soulmate and they want to shower you with like love and attention and all of, and, and sex. And those are really, how can I make you feel like the best person ever? I'm really going to boost you up with compliments and you know, they're definitely going to rush intimacy. And this is where it gets really interesting because the female narcissist will use sexuality to create emotional bonds with you. And they do this really, really quickly. So they use this to make you feel like the ultimate man or the ultimate woman, like you are it. They're going to be overly sexual from the get-go because once you're hooked and once you have that dopamine rush of infatuation with this person, that's when the emotional abuse starts. That's when they've actually hooked you. They're very hyper-focused on materialistic things. So the female narcissist might take a slightly different route compared to the male. They often focus on spending money, but, you know, here's the twist. They don't use their own money. They don't like to really, you know, take care of someone else sometimes in that way. They're incredibly selfish. So instead, they want their partner to be someone who is successful or that can really flaunt their their luxuries of life and flaunting their possessions as a way to kind of boost their self-esteem. So, it's fine to want nice things and to have a great lifestyle and all of that, but that's a lifestyle that you cultivate on your own. It's not a lifestyle that you're trying to borrow from someone else. And having the designer bag or having this or having whatever, being in the big fancy car and going on the private jet and all that other stuff, that doesn't make you feel any more significant than if you were just taking an Uber down the street to a restaurant. So... I know for me personally, if I was in the lab of luxury, I wouldn't feel any different about myself. I wouldn't feel like I'm better than anyone else because I'm not. <laughs> I'd feel the same as if I'm just driving in the car going somewhere else. Yes, it would be a new experience. Yes, it would be fabulous and it would be great, but it wouldn't make me feel better about myself because I'm in this environment. Now, it might make me feel great if I earned that experience, if I worked really hard to get myself there, but it's definitely not going to make me feel any good if, you know, someone's just buying me the ticket and throwing money at me. That's not going to really boost up my self-esteem. It actually might make me feel horrible, but for this person, it's actually the complete opposite. Now, Here's another aspect that's, for, I actually find it just very intriguing. Female narcissists are, of course we know, notorious attention seekers, and they need to be the center of attention. And they're incredibly self-entitled. I know all of this is just not news for you, and I know you know this stuff, but I want you to like, let's, let's keep going a little deeper. They might do things like flaunt their body or engage in, you know, ways to get attention and validation. They really, really believe that everyone is actually envious of them. In their mind, they are the better woman. <laughs> like, I never really understood how the mind can work in that way 
that they genuinely believe that they are or that everyone is envious of them and that they are the better woman. That just seems kind of crazy to even think like that. And it's weird to think that people even think like that, but they do. Now, it's totally normal for people to kind of like seek attention and look, we're all wounded and there are times where we're all doing it, of course. And there are those who take it to the extreme. They're in constant need of the attention. And it's often a sign, of course, of that deep-seated insecurity. And it's one thing to need a little bit of attention, but I think if you're the average person, then you know when, okay, I'm kind of looking for a little, you know, I'm looking for a little compliment or this is kind of giving me a little bit of a high. And you can feel intuitively that it kind of starting to feel a little ucky. Um, yeah, no, that doesn't really happen. I think they're that saying, I always loved this saying, insecurities are loud and confidence is silent. I loved, loved that. And it's it's one of the things that I repeat to this day because I wholeheartedly believe it. And these attention seekers often lack that kind of authenticity. They don't really know who they are and their behavior screams insecurity possibly, you know, if they're a codependent, which a narcissist actually is a codependent and just kind of like the opposite spectrum. But these people don't really know who they are. They don't have, I don't want to say a sense of self because it's such a, again, pop culture term, but they don't know who they are. I mean, I'm even getting goosebumps saying that. Can you imagine not really knowing who you are, like just having to constantly feel like you need to be something else. I mean, oh my God, how exhausting would that possibly be? And to make matters like even more bizarre, they're spending money and they're flaunting these possessions. And this female, again, genuinely believes that everyone around them wants to be like them, wants to be them. They really, they really firmly think that they have the best life, that they're better than everyone else, and that their lifestyle or their achievements or the white picket fence or whatever it is that they have at the time kind of proves it. But, you know, here's the kicker is deep down, they're well aware that they're not, but they can't really ever go there. So they're aware that they're kind of trapped in this superficial world and all of these external validations are just ways to kind of fill the void and, and help them to feel good about themselves. And, but, and they know that they don't always lack, or I should say that they do always lack this healthy confidence. But you have to understand, when you play a character for so long, you eventually believe that you are that character. And it's just like, I mean, take an actor, for example. We've probably known plenty of actors that have played really serious roles where they'll tell you at the end it was dark, like because they really became that character. And that's even that's the dark side of narcissism is not having a sense of self, constantly playing this character. And of course, there's like the the petty things with with especially the female narcissist is you know, the cattiness and the drama. And, you know, there's another facade to female narcissism that's really different from guys. And that's that they can be 
extremely catty in their relationships. The insecure, they're often acting like bullies. They kind of relish in the drama. The drama they like to stir things up. They're always on the lookout to kind of one up you, whether you've just achieved something really significant or amazing, or you're just sharing your personal successes in life. And they always, always feel like they need to one up you. And you know why do they do it? Why do they always constantly feel the need to do this? And it's all about feeling better about themselves through making someone else feel small, through hurting someone else. It's a it's such a twisted twisted dynamic, but it's really the sign of narcissism. And they genuinely enjoy putting others down, causing trouble, creating drama, acting like they know what's best for everyone you know, seeking all of that attention. It's a way for them to gain some kind of power in life. And it really helps them also to even boost their own self-esteem. Now, here's the thing too that I want you to also consider is even if someone isn't a full-blown narcissist, it's really important to understand behaviors and make sure that you clearly can understand who a person is that you're having a conversation with or a relationship with. So whether it's full-blown MPD or whether it's just narcissistic tendencies, you have to be able to understand who a person is. You have to be able to protect yourself from all of their dysfunction, whether it's gaslighting, manipulation, passive-aggressive behavior. When I talk about emotionally abusive tactics, I think someone, the average unhealthy person, you know, someone who's not necessarily narcissistic, but the average unhealthy person is going to use some of those on you as well. They're not going to lack empathy, but they're going to, when they feel uncomfortable, they get defensive or their ego is bruised or they're wounded, they're going to use them on you too. And I feel like everything that I ever talk about is always about you and learning how to understand these dynamics in people, learning how to engage with people that have these different tendencies, really having that like self-awareness to be aware of who this person is and what they're doing and why they're doing it. I mean, that's important because if you know this stuff, then you have power in that interaction, in that relationship to do something different. You have the power to not let the abuse actually affect you. And that's really what all this is about. It's about teaching you. It's about you healing. Look, doing any of this work, if you have to deal with this person and she is narcissistic, it it's not easy stuff to have to do, especially if you have to see this person constantly. If it's your mother, if it's your sister, if it's someone that you work with, it's understandably very hard to do. It takes a lot of time and it takes patience, patience with yourself that you're starting to get better, that things are changing. Um, So I hope this episode really helped you to kind of understand the dynamics with this person. If you enjoyed it, please let me know. Uh, If you're interested in working with me, I always link everything underneath all of my podcast episodes and I'll see you guys next week. Take care.